Howdy folks, welcome to Bad GM's Campaign Build Along. I'm the Bad GM, Wayne Davis, and this is the show where we normally build an entire campaign for you to run for your group from scratch. For this show, however, we're going to break that rule. Rather than creating the entire campaign from scratch, we're going to review a published adventure, and I'll provide you with advice about how to integrate it into your current campaign, and I'll offer my thoughts on how to run the adventure itself. The adventure in question here is Adventures in ADHD, which is published by Awfully Queer Heroes. It's designed to work with Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition and is set up for a group of 4 to 5 characters of 5th to 6th level. So, if you're running a D&D campaign at present, or if you're considering running one in the future, I highly recommend Adventures in ADHD for your group. Now, I'll break down how I'd get into this adventure later. I'd rather go ahead and get into the adventure itself and break down how I'd run it. And I realize this should go without saying, but this adventure, which I'll reference portions of directly from time to time, is the intellectual property of Awfully Queer Heroes, and we're utilizing it today for entertainment purposes only. Also, they utilize the system reference document open gaming license from Wizards of the Coast, which allows them to produce material for Dungeons & Dragons, so if I mention something that's D&D specific, we're going to fall back on the SRDOGL. Oh, and for the record, I'm not worried about Awfully Queer Heroes coming after me for using the work. We have what I believe and hope is a really good relationship promoting each other from time to time, and I let them know I was going to do this a while back, so they, they knew this episode was coming. Insofar as Wizards of the Coast, well, sometimes bad publicity is still publicity, but let's cover our tales anyway, right? Alright, so with all of that out of the way, let's dive into Adventures in ADHD. The setting for the adventure is the Feywild, which can be a really interesting and fun place to run an adventure if you're so inclined, and if you're willing to take the time to have the fun doing it. Now, normally in this program, we would break down the entire game step by step, full scenarios, and all the encounters laid out in great detail. For the obvious reasons, I'm not going to do that here today. Okay, so if the obvious didn't occur to you, let me lay it out. I'm not going to do that because, obviously, I want you to buy the book. And if I were to lay it all out for you here, there'd be no need for you to do that. Now, would there? So instead, I'm going to highlight the overview of the adventure and discuss a few things I think you need to know about it. The overall idea behind the adventure is that the players will have to solve a major issue that may cause the destruction of a Fey domain. Throughout the adventure itself, the group will have to deal with the Fey themselves, who are notorious both for trickery as well as confusion. Which leads in part to the point of the adventure, which is to shine a light on ADHD, which for the uninitiated is attention deficit hyperactivity disorder, and is something that a great majority of both children and adults have to deal with. Specifically, each player will have to make three rolls on a chart provided on page 20 of the adventure, where there are 20 examples of ADHD, split into three overall categories of inattention, hyperactivity, and impulsivity. And the various effects associated with the chart are true to life. Now, I can say that because over the nearly 20 years I've spent working with both adults and children, I've observed these effects on people. So this is not only an opportunity for those who are unaware of the effects of ADHD to, as the phrase goes, walk in the shoes of those who deal with it. It also provides a forum for everyone to understand that ADHD is a very real thing, and while it can be and is a struggle to deal with from time to time, you may very well know somebody who struggles with it and not even be aware of it. 
Once the symptoms have been determined, they will continue to play a part for the entirety of the adventure, and the authors note that they might make certain parts of the adventure more difficult for the characters to complete as the adventure moves along. So, specifically, how would I integrate this into my game? It's very simple. You put it in seamlessly, just like they have it in the adventure. Treat it with respect, treat it with dignity, don't play it as a joke, and I think your characters will be just fine with it. Again, if we treat the things respectfully, always, we should be in good shape. It's not to say that there might not be a haha funny that takes place as things go on, but make sure it's an appropriate haha funny. Let's not have people pointing fingers and laughing at each other. Okay? Your table, take a little bit of control over it. That's how I do that. Now, insofar as the encounters themselves, once the characters enter Yauza, which is where the majority of the adventure takes place, there are 20 different quests for the players to work through in order to find five medallions they need to help complete their challenge. I'm not going to dive into why the medallions are needed, but suffice to say that, to me, it makes perfect sense in the overall adventure. Now, only five of the adventures actually contain the medallions, which means there are 15 that are challenges that are there to test the group's ability to manage their symptoms of ADHD. From a DM's perspective, this also means you can make the overall length of the adventure as short or as long as you'd want to. If you're wanting to just get to it, you can work with eight challenges. I say eight because they don't start finding folks with information, i.e. medallions, until they've completed three challenges. So you'd need to use three of the non-medallion challenges before introducing the five that have them. Or, if you're like me, you can have your group go through all of them. Now, why would I do that? Two reasons. One, this adventure is very well written, and I like the challenges and the way they're laid out. So why not give them all a shot? Two, my group likes the challenge of the adventure itself. So the more challenges I put out there for them to try, the more fun they tend to have. And I should note that this adventure isn't necessarily about combat. It's presented as a very mental, very role-play-heavy adventure, which is supposed to be a challenge for the role-playing muscles of your group. Now, that doesn't mean there isn't any combat, because some of the challenges straight-up require combat. That combat, though, is forced upon the players, rather than the players mindlessly marching through killing things in a dungeon. And while most published adventures provide wandering monsters, this adventure presents wondrous distractions. These are events that are specifically designed to distract the group from their mission, and they will really mess with the characters who have certain effects of ADHD. And the distractions and encounters that are random, because there are some encounters in Limbo that are random, those don't necessarily involve combat either. Now, once the group has acquired the five medallions, there's a ritual they have to perform in order to cross over to deal with the ultimate issue, which I'll leave as a surprise, especially considering I intend to run this adventure for my group at some point, and most of them listen to the show. Needless to say, when they cross through the barrier they need to cross through, there's basically a ticking clock, and the group has a bunch of things they need to accomplish in order to complete their mission. Of course, your group will find a way to succeed, and all will end well. And in my opinion, that's the point of any adventure. Your group succeeding against all the odds, and everyone continuing on with their lives. Now, I said there is a ticking clock. When you read through the adventure, especially when you get to the tail end, you'll see how many things need to be accomplished, what order they need to be accomplished in, in order to accomplish the overall task. Literally, if you want, you can put a ticking clock on it. Because, like with my group, they will spend 25 minutes thinking about something that's going to take literally 10 seconds to do. So if you put a ticking clock on it, 
Now you're forcing them, rather than sit there and try to talk out and find the optimum solution, now you're forcing them into action. Best way to do that, if you've got one of those little sand timers from a board game, you can use those. Hourglass, that's what it is. Those mini hourglasses. Why do I call it a sand clock? Or if you want, you can literally throw the timer feature up on your smartphone, set it for five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, set it out on the table. When that goes off, they have to give you a decision. I think that proves to be a little more challenging for players because now it forces them, rather than sit there and argue out every possibility, now we gotta lay out, okay, what are the possibilities? Okay, which ones are the ones we agree with the most? Okay, now between these, which one do we wanna do? Period, underline, end of statement kind of forces the action along a little bit and it forces the decision-making and role-playing to come a little bit quicker. Nothing wrong with that at all. I like doing it. There are other GMs that like doing it, but if it's not your style and you don't like doing it, don't use it. I think that's one of the number one things I say on this show all the time. You do what works best for you, what makes you comfortable. Okay, so by now you might be asking, why put ADHD into the game? Now, that's a question that's better answered by the authors, but for me, I mentioned my thoughts on the subject a few minutes ago, but let me do a role-playing history-style deep dive for just a minute. ADHD is a condition that affects about 6.1 million children in the United States, according to the CDC. Three out of every four children who deal with it are receiving treatment for it, and those treatments typically include some sort of medication. Now, I know I said something about adults with ADHD earlier, and the stats I've seen put the worldwide percentage of adults with ADHD at about 2.9%. Now, that might not sound like much, but let's do a little math. And I don't math well, so I had to run the calculator a bunch of times to get it right. Just stay with me. The current world population is about 7.79 billion people. 2.9% of that is 225,910,000 people. To put that into perspective, the current U.S. population is 334,805,269. Yeah, it's a difference of right about 9 million. Now, I realize I'm mixing my populations between the world and the U.S., but if you look at the worldwide numbers and think about how many people live in the U.S., again, you're looking at a 9 million person difference. In other words, more than 80% of Americans would have ADHD if all of those numbers were in one country. And while that's not the actual truth, my point is that ADHD is far more prevalent than you might believe. And my numbers only include those who've been diagnosed or identified with ADHD. Most mental health professionals believe the overall numbers are significantly higher than what I've provided here. Oh, and for the record, my day job is working as a mental health professional. So this is one of those things I can actually speak about from a position of some knowledge. I basically said all of that to say this. To have an adventure that makes something like ADHD part of the focus of the game itself teaches the players not only to have some respect and empathy for those who deal with it on a daily basis, but if you were to run it for younger gamers, with the way it's laid out, I would definitely consider doing that. It also provides them with the understanding that it's okay to admit they have ADHD, or to admit that they have any issue that they need help with, without feeling shame. So even if the adventure was subpar, and it's not by any means, I would still recommend it highly. Okay, so with the adventure itself completed, what else comes with this book? The appendices of the adventure are chock full of good stuff, and I'd note for the record, you could lift any or all of these and put them into any game, and I think they'd fit pretty well. There's a new subclass provided for each of the core classes in 5th edition D&D, as well as new spells for your spellcasters. 
As any good game designers should, the designers have also statted all of the monster types they present in the adventure. Now, while they're not all intended to be fought, they are intended to be encountered, and that necessitates stats for abilities and or skill checks. There are also some really neat sketches of many of the creatures, so you've got some really good visuals to show your players when they encounter these creatures. Finally, there are some really cool new magic items and trinkets for your players to acquire during the course of the game, and they're given a place in the appendix with explanations of their properties and benefits. So, if you watched the YouTube exclusive video I did, you already know that I really dig this adventure, and I mentioned the awesome artwork that's a part of it. But since this is the campaign build-along, I do feel the obligation to help you figure out how to incorporate it into your campaign. If you're running a custom campaign for your group, it's really easy to drop Adventures in ADHD into your game. Read the setup for the adventure and start sowing the seeds for it when your group hits about fourth level. You don't want to get too heavy at first, but if you toss a reference or two out there from time to time, you can prep the group for what's coming. In fact, you could offer up the templates and spells for the group during this early part of your campaign as a way to prep your players for what's to come. If you've done your groundwork, when they hit 5th or 6th level, depending on your campaign, you're ready to hit the adventure button and get into adventures in ADHD. But, you might be saying, I just run published adventures. Okay, well, if you do that, you're going to need to do a bit more prep work. Look, there's a ton of great adventures out there that you can run your group from to get from level 1 to about 5 or 6. Run one of those, then run Adventures in ADHD when that one is complete. That doesn't give you the ability to seed the previous adventure if you just run everything as written, but that's okay. Like I say on this show all the time, you do what works best for you. Kind of sounding like a broken record on that one. And kids, if you don't know what a record is, Google it. <laughs> I know, I'm old. Another way to do this is the way I'm probably going to do it because I'm taking a break from running D&D campaigns for a bit since I've been running them almost nonstop for about five years or so. I'm going to have my players create characters, especially for this adventure. That means they'll be creating characters at fifth level just to play this adventure. So all the templates will be available when they're working up their characters along with the spells. Some might call that cheating, but I've done this more than once and I feel that sometimes it's the best way to do it, especially if you're using a different system from the one you're using as a bit of a break. Plus, there are really sweet character sheets in this adventure that are specific to it, and if I have my group create characters for this game, we get to utilize the new sheets. So, bonus points for us. Alright, so hopefully I've explained why I think you need a copy of this game for your game shelf. If you're interested, you need to head over to kickstarter.com forward slash awfullyqueerheroes and search for Adventures in ADHD. You need to search specifically for this adventure because they've done a few Kickstarters over time and we want to make sure you get the right one. As of this recording, they are still taking pre-orders for the physical book itself, but if you want a PDF, you should be able to get that pretty quickly as that's what I put in for when I got into the campaign and I got mine eh, a week or so ago. So head over there now and get yourself one. Then look it over and prep it for your campaign. And like I always say, hit me up on the socials or by email and let me know what you think of it. Better yet, hit up Awfully Queer Heroes on their socials and tell them how much you dig it. The Kickstarter, as well as the website and Twitter handle for Awfully Queer Heroes, is in the info box for this show, so don't worry if you didn't get them written down as I went over them. As this is a special edition of the show, I'm going to lay off my usual show-closing stuff. 
What I do want to promote is this week's episodes of both Role Playing History and Bad GM's Campaign Build Along, since we've got new episodes dropping this Friday, midnight central time. So until Friday, I'm the Bad GM Wayne Davis. I'll see you at the gaming table.